You are now listening to Discover Your Potential with renowned radio talk show host and certified holistic practitioner, Cindy Gilman. So listen, participate, be inspired. Know that you can discover your potential. Here she is, Cindy Gilman. Well, hi, and thank you for joining me on this wonderful Sunday. And um, we're great. I feel great. Doug, do you feel great? I feel better than I have in a long time. Oh, excellent. We, You know what? We're going to make this Doug, Don, and Cindy day. I love that. <laughs> Doug and Don are the entrepreneurs who put together BBS Radio. And Doug, for the most part, produces and engineers this program. And I don't know what I would do without him. <laughs> so thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Cindy. You are a not only a special soul, but you brighten my day every time I hear your programming. And I know that's the same for so many listeners out there. Oh, thanks. Thanks. You know, for those of you who are first-time listeners, um, I put this program together called Discover Your Potential. And I did it because I realized that many times throughout people's lives, they may be doing some sort of work or living in an area or in a relationship that isn't healthy, and suddenly the universe gives them a little kick or tap on the shoulder, um, and they realize that they need to be doing something else. Now, sometimes these things just come to them, but sometimes they have to work at it. But it's there to give you the chance to make the change that you need to, to live with your full potential. And I try to bring on guests so that you can hear their journey, their creative process, their their story, and you can learn from them. Now, whether you take notes during the program, um, those of you who are regular listeners know that after the program, we do make a podcast, so you can go to www.wdyp, that stands for Discover Your Potential, talkradio.com, and you'll get to hear all the former programs, whatever. I do want to mention that often we talk about different healing modalities, and in the holistic field, and I'm so glad that they finally stopped using the word alternative because spiritual and holistic healing shouldn't be an alternative. It's complementary. And I always say, don't give up your traditional doctor or whoever you go to, but use these healing modalities complementary to what you're doing 
because modern medicine has its benefits, but very rarely will they talk about meditation or energy healing or acupuncture. So I just want to mention we today will be talking about healing and um, it is to be used in a complimentary way. If you want to call in, we have a call-in number, 888-627-6008. And I do hope some of you will call in. Well, it's been a kind of kind of interesting time in the world, unusual, uh, to say the least. And um, I know many of you are going through a lot. Some of you may have lost loved ones or are dealing with loved ones that have contracted this virus. Um, Many of you have lost jobs. And as I mentioned in previous broadcasts, for those of you who have some extra dollars, please, when you go to the market, get an extra bag of food and bring it to your local food bank or food pantry with food and also A lot of families have babies and they need disposable diapers. So do something kind for someone else. I always like to start the program with uh, reading something inspirational. Our lives have so many backward glances in them, don't they? Thinking back to how things were and how things might have been, there's nothing wrong with thinking back, but it's probably a mistake to dwell on the past, the what-ifs. Instead, we should concentrate on today or tomorrow and on the tomorrows yet to be. There are a lot of beautiful days yet to come. The past is past but tomorrow will last forever. Fill your days with dreams to come and your life with so much happiness to look forward to. I really like that one. I like that one a lot. Now, we have today a wonderful, wonderful guest. A woman who has gone through her own journey and is an entrepreneur, and I will let her talk about her journey. And um, besides besides her personal consulting business called Beyond Change Consulting. She and her husband, who calls himself the OBD, 
run the Freedom Ranch. And OBD stands for, I found out, Official Barn Daddy. So I want to introduce a woman who has accomplished so much. She has so many certifications, degrees. I can't even begin to list them. I'm going to let her do that. Lisa Millich, welcome to Discover Your Potential. I'm so excited you're here. Thank you, Cindy. I'm so happy to be here. Well, you've had such an interesting journey. That is for sure, without a doubt. Um, let's, you know, we talked, I, I always mention how people go from one area, whether it's work or lifestyle, and then the universe sometimes says, hey, Hold on a minute. So you were doing something else before you started your... My consulting business. Your consulting business. Yeah. Yes, I was... Yeah, I was running... um, I was an EVP running a company, um, a pretty uh, sizable company, and I also worked in the corporate sector for years. So my background was in mainly business, obviously. Um, and uh, it was quite the, the journey there, that's for sure. Well, how long did you work in the corporate field? So I spent about 15, about 15 years in the corporate sector. Mm-hmm. And uh, literally burned myself out uh, oh. to, yeah, to the point of exhaustion. Um, I was raising a daughter, two stepchildren. My husband and I were both executives, mm-hmm. and I just hit a point in my life where everything started falling apart. So sometimes, when that happens, you're not quite sure what to do next until you reach that point where you're starting to pick yourself up, dust yourself off, and say, okay. Yes, exactly. And so I had to, you know, really kind of realign my life and uh, think about what really mattered to me. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I grew up in a family where working hard, um, you know, I came from working class, work, work hard, Mm-hmm. and you'll be rewarded, and uh, I just had a lot going on in my life, and at that point, I started to step back and say, I need to relook at what how I'm living. Is this really who I am and what I want? Right, but, you know, when, when we talked uh, be- before the program, um, mm-hmm. we, both, we both experienced something very interesting from the time we were very young. Mm-hmm. Uh, you and I both experienced intuitive ability and healing ability. Yeah. And uh, and and that can be very profound. It can be. It can be interesting. It can be sometimes exhausting. It can be confusing, but it it can also be very rewarding. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. But yeah. the toughest person to be objective about is yourself. Without a doubt. We you don't know, always it, see our own gifts. Right, intuitively. Mm-hmm. Um, I find the people that are closest to me, myself included, it's very difficult to be intuitively objective about yourself. Mm-hmm. This is true. How old were you when you realized you had the ability? So I think, you know, as a child, I, I would say I always had this uh, intuitive uh, ability, but I never recognized it. Um, I always felt different, you know, than other kids growing up and, I think it wasn't until the the crisis that I hit, you know, where I was burnt out um, and re- coming back from that, that I really honed in on it. I'd always been a seeker. That was my sort of way of living. I was always seeking something. And so that put me in a, a place where I was really seeking myself and opening up my gifts more. And that intuitive ability came through loud and clear. And so, that's so. And that's when you were young. It actually started when I was younger, um, around the age of 12. Um, mm-hmm. That was a pivotal year for me. Um, and then I kind of suppressed it for years. And right. it wasn't until I hit, you know, almost mid, early midlife crisis at age 37 that I started questioning everything and really um, owning that gift. Prior to that, I kind of stuffed it down. I was in the mm-hmm. business arena. You don't talk about intuitive, you know? Right. So. Right. And especially years ago, and people right. looked at you like you had three heads. Yeah. And, but I, I mean, been, in my yeah. case, I, I was a child, and I just felt everybody sensed things about other people. Yes. So I used to put my intuitive foot in my mouth. Of course, my mother would say, sit down and be quiet. Don't open your mouth. <laughs> I I could walk into a room and know exactly what dynamics were at play, you know, it, it, in meetings and with other people, and I still see that, you know. Um, and I just thought everybody did. I didn't question it that, as much right. until I always felt different, though. I think that was the biggest piece. So I was always reading spiritual books, seeking out. Um, I had an opening where things really came through, channeled, and that was the start to... Uh, opening up more to that intuitive side and not being ashamed of it. You felt ashamed of it? I did, yeah. You know, everyone rewards the logical side of the brain, right? Right, right. And so, and producing, and so I, you know, uh, I I was ashamed. Like, what is this piece of me? Why am I, like, I felt... Strange. I wasn't around anybody that was right. that I knew uh, that wasn't that intuitive. Right. But now you incorporate it in your work. In everything I do. In everything I do. 
So whether it's coaching, uh, you know, helping people, just simple mindfulness to working with an organization on shared values and purpose, mm-hmm. um, I bring all of that in. And I'm a servant leader, so I literally facilitate that from that place of guidance. Okay, so define that for our audience. Sure. So I listen when you to say the servant divine, leader. Yeah, so I listen to divine inspiration, mm-hmm. um, and that leads me to help serve the person, the organization, the community in front of me, whatever I'm working in, coaching, consulting, whatever format. So um, I just really open up to that, and I'm really actively listening to people and tuning in to what needs to happen. I, I'm a facilitator of change. You know, it's. I find it interesting that you said, and I listen to people. Because in so many people's lives, they have people in their lives that don't listen to them. No. It's like they're off in space somewhere, or they just they just don't listen. Right. They they just don't listen. And yeah. I, you know, we mentioned. I mean, the last few years have been, there have been some unbelievable changes going on but in the last year I know for me it was a year of taking personal inventory and just trying to let go of people with negative attitudes or energy Mm. and I felt I almost felt guilty because I was so used to having people around that that are like that but I had to do it I had to do it for me yeah. have you found that also oh without a doubt um, that it's been a couple of years of this mm-hmm. just really and, and some really difficult ones family friends um, just really making sure that I am aligning to what I'm being asked to step forward in, right? And mm-hmm. the energies that are there. And that's a difficult thing. The spiritual path isn't always easy. And, uh, uh-huh. amen. <laughs> but <laughs> I know, but I, but I know that, um, it's, it's the path for me. And I know that that's where my potential lies. I know that's where my gifts are. And that's no. I know that's where I can I can be of service to others. So when I am alive there, it all goes well. So now, when you when you shifted gear, when you made the change from uh, corporate work, business marketing. Um, I know that when we talked, you listed so many different aspects of things that you are certified in. Yes. Some of whom, which I'll be honest with you, I didn't understand the language of them. 
So give us give us a smorgasbord of all of the things that you incorporate. Sure. So I'm a certified um, professional coach um, mm-hmm. uh, in what's called energy leadership, which is really uh, you know a, pro- pri- a proprietary process from the Institute for Professional Excellence in Coaching. Amazing journey. And I also hold a master's in holistic leadership, which is really um, a systems change model uh, that is uh, a social change model, social justice, social change. Uh, I do a lot of work in that arena. And it's really looking at the whole and parts of systems. So you, under- you did your master's at Salvia Regina? I did, yes. So Amazing program. Part. I was going to say, what... You know, for some of our New England listeners, mm-hmm. what do they incorporate in that master's program? Yeah, so they have what's called the helix model, and it starts with self, and then it goes to it goes up the the ring to larger systems, all the way up to world change. So any change starts from within, and as a coach, as a consultant, uh, leadership is not outside ourselves; it's inside ourselves. And so mm-hmm. we need to heal that piece of us to bring higher levels of consciousness. And so with the master's program, we learned a lot about, you know, systems change and uh, healing modalities that help us to move uh, up and down the helix so that we can really help uh, communities change to help ourselves become more self-aware of our uh, patterns of behavior and to heal mm-hmm. those. And so it really is a helper-healer model. Um, I never thought of myself as a healer prior to, you know, my, my former life, but I have always been a helper-healer if I think back. And, you know, it just... Past lives it, included. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> without a doubt. <laughs> So I've just brought this into a, a, a greater spectrum. I so what type a, of healing modalities do they teach? Oh, uh, all different. Like, depending upon uh, a lot of mind-body-spirit stuff. So mm-hmm. medit- mindfulness, meditation, mm-hmm. uh, what else? There is a lot, if you've ever heard of the Hakomi method for PTSD. What, what's that? A Hakomi method. So there's all things. There's all these different modalities. I don't. I'm not an expert in any of those. But mm-hmm. we got exposed to a lot of alternative methodologies. Um, so that you could. It's like going into a pastry shop. They hand you a platter of all different pastries. Uh oh. Now I'm getting hungry. Um, <laughs> that, and they say, okay, taste each one and mm. see which ones appeal to you. Yes. So I'm, I'm, not, um, I'm not saying that healing modalities are like pastries, um, yeah, although sometimes resonates. it can be the frosting on the cake. Right. Um, I'm being really silly today. I don't understand that. <laughs> uh, you know, it's really about what resonates. Right. Right. So everybody has their own path to healing, right? So 
I have tried different things and it didn't resonate with me and where I, where it resonates with me, that's where I teach more around this. So the expressive and creative arts were a huge part of uh, a certificate that I got at Salve outside of my master's. And that was profound healing, like amazing. Cause, now, how, you know, wh- what do you do with that? How do you incorporate that? Yeah, so simple things. So for people that are just journeying in this area, you know, it's not, I don't have to dive into the the depth of it, but simply journaling or scratching or, you know, uh, drawing pictures, it brings us back to playfulness. And expressive art allows us to make meaning outside of words. So it's used in a lot of different therapeutic arenas, but I've mm-hmm. been... I've used it in some of the business uh, business arena, and it doesn't have to be, you know, a lot of business people might not want to venture into that area, but I start to small, you know, scribble on and a therapists notebook. use that a lot, yeah. and especially therapists for children. Yeah, exactly. It's used for innovation in business. So I brought it in to help people get to that right side of their brain because in business they're always thinking about getting things done, right, the task, checking off the list. So I use it in that realm. You know, I really look at what, where am I working, right, what's the culture like, and what tools in my toolbox can I use? Right. Uh, Knowing that um, I might have to scale them back depending upon where that team consciously is, right? Exposing. In some ways you're doing team building as well. I do a ton of team building. And a lot of times I get called in for dysfunctional teams. Oh, boy. And mainly I think because I'm able to help people help people heal in that and then be able to see the potential of how they can work together. So even just watching our political spectrum, you know, I that whole area, there's so much that, I, you know, the facilitating that would be like a dream. <laughs> mm. but. I had a friend who uh, did consulting, and she was working with a company, um, and she wanted to do uh, something unusual for team building. Mm. So she had a friend who had a very big sailboat and she told all these men to dress casually she took them all out on the sailboat so that they all had to work together play together make sure everything was the sails the whatever i'm not a boater so but she said after they experienced that there was a totally different energy change with their yeah. working together. Yes. Absolutely. Do you have any specific experience that you've used that you might want to share? Or Yeah, sure. So there's a couple, but there's one that really sticks in my mind. Um, I was working with a, a big tech company, and I was coaching a lot of their leaders. So I coach leaders, um, you know, from the manager level all the way up to C-suite. And there was a particular director that was having a lot of issues with team dynamics. And 
I offered up to facilitate the process. I'm sorry? And I offered up to facilitate the process, and I went in and uh, really set some ground rules of how we would operate, you know, group norms, and then started to have people have a voice individually. Uh, And we healed, and then I brought in... um, a bowl for everyone to write down what they were going to let go of. I had them uh-huh. put in, yeah. So there's a healing piece to this. Mm-hmm. Uh, healing is essential before people can move on. Right. And so we worked with that energy. I had them take a break. They came back in and really started to work better and better together. And I checked in on them over a period of time, and the leader said to me, I don't know what happened in that room that day. It was like magic. Hmm. But we're now working better. People are starting to respect one another. And when we have issues, we're having honest dialogue. So these are the things that happen when you're listening to the guidance in the moment of what needs to happen. Right. Yeah. I mean, I set the framework, but I I certainly um, was guided in that moment. Have Have you gotten back to them to see if they're still? I have. In fact, one of the women that everyone was saying was toxic, um, mm-hmm. actually called me out of the blue one day and said, I, that one meeting shifted my perspective so much. I started to recognize that I was my own victim. And, wow. yeah. And she was going through some heavy stuff that was coming up. And mm-hmm. so... She said, I couldn't, I can't thank you enough for allowing us to be human. That wow. was her comment. Yeah. Wow. We forget. We're not machines. We're human beings. That's right. That's right. And, yeah. So what I'm doing is allowing people to have a voice, but in a respectful way, mm-hmm. that is ground rules that are set up by everyone, shared values that we're all going to hold. And they hold each other accountable. It's not even me half the time. Repeat that. So I I design it so we create shared values. And so anytime that anyone steps outside the box of those shared values, people will hold, hold each other accountable. And half the time it's not me as the facilitator. It's, uh-huh. it's the group. That dynamic is so exciting to see when they start doing that. They're taking responsibility Mm. and not in that victim place. Now, when you're working with someone on an individual level, Mm. what what does that involve? Yeah, so... When I'm coaching leaders, I'm really meeting them where they're at. Mm -hmm. And then once I get to understand sort of what their strengths, their gifts, their talents are, 
and my gift is seeing other people's gifts. I clearly see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so then at that point, we're coaching around, you know, what goals are you looking to achieve? And so how do we get from where you are today to where you want to be? What if they don't know? What if they consciously don't know? Yeah, so that happens a lot. Um, right. I have a I have a process that I take people through, and it's a process that I took myself through. Um, and when what is, I was does it lost. have a name or? Yeah, so I call it the bullseye. The bullseye. Um, yes, the bullseye. Okay. But I yeah, so um, I call it the bullseye, but it's really take, taken on many versions depending upon where people are at. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's the foundational piece is to kind of get them honed in on who are you before everyone told you who you had to be. <laughs> Whether it was family, a, yeah. a, a husband or wife, or mm-hmm. um, society. Exactly. People grow up thinking, well, this is expected of me. Yeah. I should be doing this, this, and this. Yes, lots of shoulds. And so I coach around the shoulds, the limiting beliefs, um, mm-hmm. anything that's going to get them in the way of their own step forward. And, But I'm one of those practical coaches, so I'm not just bring the spiritual piece in. I will hold people accountable to what they say, right? And so I bring in the spiritual uh, alignment with the practicality of how to get it done. And that's the big piece uh, about it because that's what I've done for my own life. My dream was to have a farm. Didn't know how I was going to do it because I didn't have money. Um, And I have a farm now. I have seven horses. My husband and I live here and we do he he's a, he teaches natural horsemanship, and so these are these are big dreams, right? Mm. It's possible. He's the OBD. Be, yes, he is the OBD. Yeah. Official. Barn dad. Official barn dad. Yeah. But you have to look deeper within to find what's what matters most to you, and are you willing to step forward? to move through those blocks that prevent you from being who you truly are and what you want. So did he did he know he wanted to be the official no. barn dad? Did he know that he wanted to work with the horses? I you know, he's an animal communicator, your husband. Yeah. He he's he he feels things on such a deep level with these animals and they know that yeah so was he aware of that you know as a child his mom told me that you know when he was very little all he wanted was cowboy boots uh-huh. <laughs> you so know now he's and got then, them. yeah and then responsibility came in and he ended up in the corporate arena and and he was always stressed out i you know so mm-hmm. we it was really me seeing his gift, and I think part of it was my daughter introduced us to the horses. I just 
and through my own intuitive knowing, for some reason, I just knew that was an area that she would thrive in. And out of that, he became so uh, in tune to it. He was just like, wow, this is amazing. And he just really took a, a natural, you know, inclination towards it. And so one day he was at a pivot point in his career and mm-hmm. he was looking to take the next step. And he's like, well, I have to go take this job because I need, and I said, no, you don't have to. What would you do if money was no obstacle? If you had no obstacles? And he said, what I really would do was train horses and teach. Uh, and I said, okay, I have a good job. We're gonna, you go off first, you do yours, and then I will follow. And so he ended up stepping in. We bought our first horse and didn't know where it was going to go. And it is his calling, without a doubt. I mean, if you watched him, you would see it. And I knew that. I, I knew this right away. I knew this years ago. He always had a, a connection with animals and kids. So when you say tra- he trains horses and teaches, yes. does he get the horses when they're very young? So um, he, no, I mean, well, it depends. We have a three-year-old right now he's training that's green completely green, and within, like, nine days, he's already got a saddle on his back. You know, he just has this connection with them. They trust them. He builds trust and respect, uh, confidence, and uh, horses are like a mirror to your soul, you know? Mm -hmm. So uh, we've taken horses that, you know, we took in one horse that was really being thrown away, was not treated well. Uh, we took him in and gave him safety here and our other two horses. And then people have just heard about his his background. Uh, we call him the horse whisperer. So, <laughs> uh, and they've reached out because they're having problems with the horse, but in reality it's more so the person mm-hmm. than the horse. And so my husband uses natural horsemanship to connect the two. There's inner healing for that person, hmm. and the horse responds in kind. So it's pretty, it's pretty amazing. So he works with the horses that you have at the barn. Yeah, freedom. Well, Ring. he also, yeah, and he'll also go off site too. He'll go off site to work with other people's horses. Yes. Yeah. So, oh, that's interesting. So, yeah. how? What about the teaching? Does he bring it? Do they bring in kids? Yeah, so we've had kids and adults, but it started off mostly kids. Mm-hmm. Um, at that, you know, tween age, you know, they have most of them have anxiety. Like they really, the stressors of the world and everything that's going on start to affect them. And so my husband tends to work with kids around self confidence building their trust in themselves, all of that. And he uses the horse as a tool in a way, you know, to help bring, 
build that self-confidence for them. So he's been doing a lot with that age group especially. But we have adults who struggle that come, and uh, he also teaches. So it's different than therapeutic riding. Exactly, yes. It's actually a healing modality. It is. That lifts away what negative emotions or yeah, it's psychological coaching. issues, yeah. and they get involved with working with the horse. Exactly. It's coaching. So, you know, we're not a therapeutic barn in the sense that we have kids with extreme autism or any of that. We have had kids on the spectrum of autism mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that have done well here, but my husband knows his limitation around that. He and second, he you know he knows where he wants to be with his business, and it's really around the coaching realm, taking people from functioning to higher levels of functioning. Equally, that I do with people, he does with horses and people. So how do pe- wow? How do people find out about him? Because this is such an unusual yeah service. So. Yeah, so we've been, you know, we are a private barn. We've been kind of quiet. My hum, my husband's very humble, like, you know. So we have, a lot of it's been word of mouth. And additionally, we have a, a, a Facebook page called Freedom Ranch that people will reach out through that. And we're on Google as well, where they'll reach out either for me or for him or both of us, dependent upon it. We've done retreats here with, you know, our wounded warriors and some other, uh, right. you know, events with expressive arts and the healing mode and coaching. Uh, but it's all really coaching. Lisa, you know? I want to take a short break. Sure. Stay with me. Um, when we come back, I want to talk a little bit about the wounded warriors but also more about what you can offer people through the work you're doing. So we'll take a little break. This is Cindy Gilman. You're listening to Discover Your Potential. They don't know where Doug is. For decades, psychic medium Cindy Gilman has helped people connect with their loved ones who have passed and send spiritual energy to those in need. Now you can too. Phone sessions are individual and confidential. Now during this difficult time with COVID-19, she can help you more than ever. Everyone needs some healing. For your phone session, contact her via email cindy at cindygilman.com. And this is BBS Radio. And those of you who, uh, who would like to hear former programs, you can go to triple w dot w d y p talk radio dot com now you can also i haven't mentioned this but if you'd like to email me it's cindy at cindy dot com if there's a subject that you're interested in or a person that we might be able to get as a guest Email me and let me know what subjects would help you the most or that you'd enjoy hearing about. 
and we'll we'll try to do that. So here we are in October. Pretty soon we'll be setting the clocks back. It's getting darker earlier. And uh, my guest today is uh, a very... I can't even put an adjective because you're involved in so many different aspects oh, yeah. of of coaching and healing and helping Lisa Millich and uh she's on LinkedIn, she's on Instagram. Uh she right now is working with people virtually as I'm working with people on the phone. So how being that I'm so technologically challenged, how do they reach you through LinkedIn or Instagram? Sure. So um, on, in, on LinkedIn, I am at, on the LinkedIn address. So you can just look me up under Lisa Millich. Um, on Instagram, it's the same thing. So just under Lisa Millich. And in terms of reaching me, um, you we have a, a line of, telephone number for Freedom Ranch, and my husband and I both have separate lines in terms of our business, and that number is 508-556-1063. I'm also and on let's Facebook. repeat that if people didn't get it. It's 508-556-1063, and that's Freedom Ranch. It's in... Rehoboth, Massachusetts, yes, which is a lovely area. Yes, we love it here. And I also and can be contacted on my email, which is lisa at lisamillich.com as well. So we only have a little bit of time left. Um, let's talk for a short while about the wounded warriors. Sure. What would you like to know, just in terms of the retreats that we do? For our audience, if they may not know who the wounded warriors are, and how is your husband able to help them? Yeah, so actually the, the retreat we do for them the last couple of years has been a combination of my husband and I. So... We, I bring the mindfulness, all of that, to help uh, wounded warriors and sometimes their family members. And so these are people who are in the service who might have PTSD. Yes. Okay. Yes, some of them do, and we just really make it um, fun to be here, enjoyable. They're connecting with nature. They're grooming the horses. They're connecting mm-hmm. to the horses. We do a little demonstration on leadership with horses. Mm-hmm. Um, and we really, then we take them typically on a trail ride around our property as a, a final thing. And then we always give them a gift of uh, the, our, our horses have horseshoes and I usually paint them and give them as a symbol of the horses given a gift to them uh, for their service. Yeah. So it's been a really, like, we look forward to it every year. And my family, uh, especially, you know, my family is military. uh, And so 
it's just an arena that I've always wanted to give back to. And uh, that is, you know, why we kind of got involved with that over the last couple of years. Well, I think it's wonderful that you're doing that. Because, I mean, these people have given so much for us and to be able to give back. Um, Yes. Now, we were were talking, um, we were mentioning when, when we had our previous conversation that you, as well as I, keep looking up and seeing eleven eleven. <laughs> a lot lately. What? A lot lately. I know. It's very yeah. strange. And yeah. there there are people that I know who are, you know, have frequent numbers that, you know, they'll see 22, 22, 5555. Um, five, five, five. But it's interesting this 1111 and and it comes up in so many different ways mm-hmm. i mean i'll be just standing there and all of a sudden i'll look at the clock or a watch or whatever on my phone and it says 1111 yes happens for me i'll look at the stove clock and all of a sudden there it is or i look down at 11, my phone 11. yes 5552 which is all about change, which is no surprise because I am the change catalyst. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah. So is there any particular message that you would like to give to people as far yeah. as helping them to create a positive change in their lives? I think the basis of any change is always within ourselves. And so for years I was always looking outside myself and felt lost and confused. You know, it wasn't the next promotion or the buying a car and all, you know, all of these things. Uh, It's none of that really matters. But that's what we're brought up to think. Yes, we are. And so at the end of the day, it's really looking within and asking yourself, who am I and what do I stand for? And out of that comes purpose. And then when you have purpose, you can move mountains. And so I was able to create a business in a very short period of time because I was I was able to move past my limitations around trying to fit in a box and created it the way that I thought it could be done. So we limit ourselves when we think we're stuck. And so part of this is just to re-identify what matters most to me. And COVID in some way is spurring that for people. Right. They're forced to look with it. Yes. Who am I? What matters to me? You know, for not just decades, but centuries, we've been talking about a shift. The shift, the shift. Yes. It's 
going to be a shift in consciousness. I think it was leading up to this, but yeah. I don't know how you feel, but I think we are in the middle of the shift. I completely agree. I mean, I've the been shift waiting for this. is going on. Yes, it and is. And the other interesting thing, because we are social beings and all the rules and regulations now stay home try not to go out if you have to go out wear your mask and i i, I mean i'm hoping people wear a mask because i don't want to see any more people getting sick or people uh yeah. transitioning to the other side before it's it's necessary, but um, I think we are forced to be to be with ourselves. Yes. And so I know a lot of people right now are feeling anxious or depressed, um, but this is, it's almost like it's been given to us to take the time and say, okay, here I am at home. Um, how many times can I watch different news channels or TV shows? Um, it's time for me to do some work and look within. Yes. Yes. And hopefully... Um, I mean, you're working with people virtually. I am. I work with people all over the globe. So uh, in all different circumstances, you know, my training really is about sitting and serving at where they're at and helping them move forward, right? right. So, yeah, I serve all different types of people, all different types. And I'm sure that um, that they get wonderful results from the work that you do. I so hope you do so. it like what? <laughs> I said I hope so. <laughs> no, I know so. I, I I know they tell me. So that's I mean my whole reason for being is to make impacts in people's lives. And I've been able to do that. And, and in doing that, it fills me up. So I had to find me in order to do that. Right. Right. It, sometimes, sometimes those of us who work with others have to go through that in order to do it. Lisa, thank you so much for being with me today for being with the audience. And um, it's just, it, it's been enlightening. It's been helpful. It's, it's been educational. It's been fun. Um, give, give that horse, what's her name, the older one? Rebel. <laughs> no surprise we have a rebel. <laughs> <laughs> Give her a hug for me. I will. And thank and you so much for having me. we will talk soon, and I hope to have you on again as a guest. Yes, I appreciate it. Thank you so thank much. Thank you, dear.
So, this is Cindy Gilman, and people ask, well, who's that singing at the end of your program? And it was me. So, Doug, thank you for a great job today. And we'll see you next time, everyone. Be kind to yourself and be kind to someone else.